was the butterfly's yellow wing flickering in black mud was a word stranded by its language because no one else was coming and I ran out of reasons. So I gathered fistfuls of ash, dark as ink, hammered them into marrow, into a skull thick enough to keep the gentle curse of dreams. Yes, I aimed for mercy, but came only close as building a cage around the heart. Shudders over the eyes, yes, I gave it hands despite knowing that to stretch that clay slab into five blades of light, I would go too far because I too needed a place to hold me. So I dipped my fingers back into the fire, pried open the lower face until the wound widened into a throat, until every leaf shook silver with that God awful scream. And I was done and it was human. This is the poem Essay on Craft by Ocean Vuong. Um, I have put the link to hear Ocean read um, this poem that they have written uh, in the description box. Thank you so much, Maylin, for su submitting this um, along with her submission, Maylin mentioned, um, that it, uh, she felt that this poem captures the rawness and realness of transformation and, uh, transmutation, which I absolutely agree with, right? All the way down to the butterfly symbolism, um, and more so open at the end, um, in which the poem speaks to, um, opening the wound until it widened into a throat. So like giving voice, um, to the pieces and parts of us that hurt. Um, yeah. Ooh, chills. I had chills the first time I read this poem and I was just like, yes, even before I had finished reading it. So thank you, Maylin, you are the giveaway winner. If you could just send me an email, and I'm also going to send you an email um, with your information so I can send you your things. Awesome. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. Woo, what? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm changing the podcast name back after 10 episodes of experimenting with a different persona. Um, it just doesn't one, feel as simple, two, it just, I, I don't know. I think in this season of like reevaluating how it is that I interact with the world and what's important when doing that, there is this importance I feel of like using my voice. Now, it is Mercury retrograde and I may change my mind. I highly doubt it, but... Let's just keep that in mind. Um, you will see this name change um, reflected a little later, um, probably next week when I drop next week's episode. There will be an episode next week because next week is Scorpio season and I promise I will release an episode. This is a promise. Again, I say this is a promise, even though it, it's Mercury retrograde and, and things may happen. Um... I'm going to give you an episode next week 
in which we'll talk about the full moon then, because once the election comes around, I am going MIA because I do not want to be present. Um, And I would encourage everyone, if you can, to create some sort of self-care plan around this upcoming election season because it is very contentious and it is very stressful and you deserve to be taken care of in the most nuanced way the entire way through. So do that. This week we're going to talk a bit about well, I'm not talking about that full moon um, the, that we just had because that was an absolute nightmare to witness um, and experience. So let's just like forget that it happened. I'm joking. Um, in the time after that, we've, we've of course experienced the last quarter moon and now we are in the approaching the new moon phase, right? So this is going to be uh, a, a new moon that I would say isn't it's it's a difficult one um because it is ultimately about this transformation uh that we are being all kind of in a sense called towards um and being able to transform the way that we engage with the the world um with each other and being asked to be extremely patient with ourselves as we're navigating that process um and kind of coming up very strongly against some of the difficulties that we have when creating and and forming this world uh that we're quickly running towards, um, whatever that may look like to you. Right. So like coming into that awareness and coming into the challenges that lie ahead in this present moment, um, to kind of work through and integrate as we are finishing up a Saturn cycle as we're finishing up a Jupiter cycle, we are also finishing up what this sun cycle. There are many different cycles that are coming to an end um, within the next month and a half. And so preparing us for those shifts, right? And preparing us for what will be a equally transformative year and when I say that I mean 2021 but 2021 is going to be a lot more fast-paced than 2020 Um, and yet some of the same uh, struggles will be present but we'll be asked to look at the world uh, with new eyes and with new um, a new sense of, of responsibility to the future that sounds like that aligns with whatever outcome we have in two weeks, (laughs) two, three weeks. Is it Jesus? It got here so fast. Anyway, to pull out my notes, I did want to go back to 
this uh, poem that was shared with us and, and define uh, the word craft because after reading it, I immediately thought about like, what is, what is craft, right? Um, and craft is an activity involving skill in making things by hand. Um, and like a part of this, uh, this poem and a part of what makes it so powerful is the way that, uh, transformation is initiated, uh, in your hands, right? You are an active participant and like wielder, uh, welder, um, of the transformation that you seek, uh, and create within your life. And this, of course, um, puts that in perspective very, very clearly, um, in, you know, if we go back to some of the words, fistfuls, hammered, building, hands, stretch of the clay slab, dipping fingers into the fire, opening a wound, right? Like all of these very hands-on and very like, if you can like feel into the rawness of, of the words, I think it, it, it perfectly relates to uh, this kind of in-between uh, phase that we're in as we're like moving from Libra season into uh, Scorpio season and how like increasingly dark um, it starts to feel. And I think it makes me think about how like, you know, we talk about Libra in relation to like the aesthetic and like beauty and, you know, all the things. So we also have to think, Libra is also deeply connected to like feminism and like the theory um, and practice of femininity. And when we think about what that means in relation to our society, there is a lot of violence um, that is uh, present within theory and practice around femininity and in the treatment of people who are, and I guess, quote unquote, born female, right? Um, and people who are women um, and feminine, femmes and femme identified people. So it, it's, it's all of that, right? It, it is the way that beauty exists, but it's also the way that beauty can be uh, distorted Right. So then the other meaning of craft is a skill used in deceiving others. And of course, when we think about craft, the first thing I think about is witchcraft. <laughs> so we can think about these things like charm and love, diplomacy, justice, law, beauty, aesthetic. And how are those things uh, deceiving others? Right. And again, not in like the weird, annoying patriarchal sense, but like in like the way that like our view of those things has intentionally been distorted. And then the work that we must do to shift and transform that, you know, the way that we relate to one another, right? Because Libra is so much deeply about relationships and like the rules of engagement. Um, and again, diplomacy, 
So like the way that that distortion um, exists and how we evolve out of it is is a really big lesson in Libra season. And it's one that's very difficult. I'm going to put this in perspective, right? Because we were talking about love and justice in the last episode. We think about moving into a space in which we're adopting a transformative justice uh, mindset and way of operating um, within the wider world. What does that require of us? Like in practice, what does that require of us? That requires us to find space uh, and and advocate for the healing and transformation of those who have com- committed like some of the worst harms um, within our society. I remember, you know, back in the first quarter moon, um, we received word about uh, the Breonna Taylor case. And it was one in which justice, love and justice, uh, was not served. And we know that. We just know that that decision was not made um, in service of love at all. Um, and how much it demonstrated how far we are away from the acknowledgement of humanity and our willingness to play by these crafted um, distorted rules around what justice um, really entails within our world, right? I remember back in July or June, it was probably June, all of the months have kind of melted together in which, you know, people were like, oh, like we shouldn't want those police to go to jail because like we're having this conversation about like, abolition of like prisons and like of police and so like why isn't it that we are also um seeking justice in a very different way in in this particular context which is a good question but it also was one that rightfully made me um and a number of other people upset but i think it also put in perspective the gap between where we want to be and where we are And a really big thing that I think we have to come to terms with um, is an acceptance of that, right? And not an acceptance. And this kind of speaks to some of the things that the full moon asked us about because Chiron, um, while it is about wounds, it is about acceptance too. So there is this like acceptance of like with Chiron in Aries, what is the reality of like, the individual violence and and harm that we face um, based on our identity? How do we come into an acceptance that this is what has happened um, and that this at this present moment is how the world is? Um, but again, sun in Libra in, in the opposite uh, of that Chiron in Aries is asking, well, how do we illuminate and bring light to what love and justice can look like in our world, given what we have to accept, right? So it's like, we accept that this is a reality, but also there needs to be a present moment of integration um, of both the understanding of like what is presently happening and what present hurts exist on the basis of folks' identity and how do we reconcile that with 
this idea of justice, right? And so remembering that the sun is where we are right now, but also where we're headed to. So if we're headed towards this future in which there is the abolition of prisons and the abolition of police, what does that presently require of us? We can, again, to add more context of what has happened the last couple of weeks, um, the president has been sick uh, with coronavirus, as well as a number of other people within his staff, right? And of course, we what we've seen is, you know, fuck him. <laughs> I'm not going to say the things that people said online because they might demonetize this podcast and I'm just not, I don't want that to happen. I want my three cents. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. So like, let's put that, right? next to this future in which transformative justice is real. I'm not going to answer this question for you, but I would like you to answer it yourself. Just think about it, even if it makes you upset. If we are moving towards a future in which people who have completed the most harmful things within our world can also be forgiven and are also redeemable people, Who does that require us to eventually forgive? What does that require us to eventually forgive and work to reconcile, uh, to find a sense of justice and to ensure that these things never happen again? Now, if you are anything like me and you've answered that question, you realize that some of the things on the opposite end of that spectrum are things that you absolutely would not want to forgive and that you do not want to work actively to reconcile. And if you are like me, I will say good job for recognizing that and understanding that that is a part of process. That is a part of the process, right? I was watching an Amanda Ellis video and she was talking about, I think maybe last week she was referencing it being a week in which we needed stabilizers. Um, She was talking about the earth star chakra, which is really wild because I had did a meditation after watching that God awful debate two weeks ago. And it was just so chaotic. And like what I was shown in um, my meditation was the earth star chakra of the United States. And it was so loud. I literally could like hear people's voices yelling and screaming um, and just this very large, like energetic um, chaos that was growing and intensifying, Um, which makes sense, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without, right? So she, she spoke about in this moment in which we're kind of uh, experiencing instability, she kind of took us listeners of said video um, into this space where it's like, what are the, you know, like remembering, like learning how to ride a bike and like needing stabilizers or um, she's British. (laughs) I know we say training wheels in the United States. (laughs) So like using training wheels. And I was like, yeah, exactly using training wheels and was like talking about this being a moment in which we need to put the training wheels back on. And so I think 
with Libra season, reminding us that our relationships are our practice. Our relationships are microcosms of the things that we hope to see within the wider world. What training wheels do you need? What training wheels do you need to get towards that future, right? Knowing that that is the end goal. And if that's not your end goal, that's absolutely fine. Define for yourself what your end goal is. I remember back in, I think, May, April or May, when Amanda Ellis had first did uh, a video talking about Boris Johnson um, having covid and <laughs> why am I laughing? <laughs> she said, this is just so funny to me. Um, she said, imagine, you know, wherever you are in the world, like imagine the leader of your country. This is the leader of your country. Because this is when Boris Johnson was in the ICU. Is fighting for his life. Imagine that. I just want you to imagine that. And are you willing to like hold space for that person? And the laugh that I left out was literally just the most maniacal. But I can say, how many months ago was that? Four months ago? Three, five, whatever. I was I was able to accept what happened, you know, a couple weeks ago without saying anything bad. I did that. Wow, growth, amazing. You know, so it's, it's things like that. And I think oftentimes we don't think that these shifts within us are, are possible. And sometimes we don't want them. Um, sometimes we have a lot of resistance to them because of what we feel like other people will think um, or say about us. Um, and I, that is a lot of also what we deal with in Libra season, right? Where it's like the pressure that we feel, again, around the ways that we're taught to relate to people. And the distortions that we have around relationships um, and how that impacts who we show up as when we are um, in relationship, right? Or thinking about our one-on-one relationships with people, things, ideas, whatever it may be. So to kind of get into um, this some of the aspects that are happening and then we'll kind of talk about the new moon and then we'll talk about um mercury retrograde just a little bit just a little little bit um yeah so that is the i guess agenda sorry for this prolonged intro i'm actually not sorry let me stop saying sorry um let's take a quick break and i'll be right back Starting today, the 13th, um, of course, today, Mercury went retrograde. We're going to save that for the end of the podcast. Um, So the sun is opposite Mars today. Um, And so what I have kind of looked at this as with our sun in Libra and Mars in Aries, of course, and Mars is still retrograde at this time and will continue to be so for the next month. Um, it will be going direct on the 13th of November. So there is this, um, well, quite honestly, an air of sexual frustration um, that folks may feel um, in addition to this 
ego versus will slash survival fight that we may kind of be in. So it is as we're going into, um, as we're still like deep in the throes of this uh, Mars retrograde in a point in which we are uh, experiencing, you know, this uprooting of all of these deep-seated instinctual kind of like survival-based responses that we have again around like our identity, around our sexuality, around um, uh, our individual autonomy. And everything is kind of coming up to to reevaluate for ourselves what is and is not still a way and mode of operating and moving forward or a way that we've moved forward that we're kind of being asked to let go of. So it is kind of for us demonstrating our pattern of how we have been utilizing our energy and our expression of self, um, the ways and modes that we've utilized to survive, um, again, within our bodies based on the variety of different identities that we carry. Um, And this overall kind of desire to relate to other people um, and kind of seeing that the way that we're relating to the world is also quickly shifting, changing, molding, uh, and being molded by the subsequent um, uprooting of all these old ways of, of doing, right? So in this kind of like newfound awareness of like, this is how I've been relating to uh, the world as myself. This is how I draw the line between who I am and who everyone else is. But also I am trying to be in community with people, right? So it is a lot of kind of like frustration that we may kind of feel about where we we presently are um, and in these attempts um, may possibly kind of like jump to conclusions, especially, 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 especially because Mercury did just go retrograde today and that Mercury being a a Mars ruled Mercury, right? It's in Scorpio. So there is this overall, uh, in a sense, a maybe a bit of paranoia or, or distrust that we may have around the, the ways that we're relating to people, um, because a lot of these things are kind of coming up and, and being purged out of us, right? So I think, you know, it it demonstrates within itself, like it's, that's a part of the difficult part, right? Of like finding new modes and ways to relate to other people. It's coming up against some of the difficulties that you've experienced as you're trying to outgrow and evolve beyond the ways that you've previously related to. So it's kind of like the previously related to people and the ways that you may have initially went after and kind of like whether it is chase the particular goal that you have pursued relationships with people um, or ways that you kind of went about what it is that you're passionate about and you may even kind of be experiencing this shift in uh, passions and areas and things that you're interested in so kind of feeling the tension between like the way that maybe like your art is evolving the way that your business relationships are evolving Um, And feeling a lot of kind of like pressure from a lot of points in terms of like, how do I initiate this relationship? How do I initiate this new way of relating to other people? And then on the 15th, we have the sun again in Libra and we'll be in a nice little square 
to Pluto. So Pluto, of course, went direct last Monday. So now all of a sudden, again, all of these things that have kind of been uprooted um, and all of the things that we see within our lives that are um, unsustainable ways of relating to power, especially our personal power um, and the way that we ways that we choose to heal, we're able to kind of come into that newfound awareness of like how to utilize that those pieces of ourselves when relating to other people. And so one of the I, I'll quote um, as some of y'all know, I am a, a guest teacher for uh, the Aluna method live experience. Um, I'm actually teaching my class tomorrow, the 14th. I'm so excited. Um, but I tuned in last week to one of the other guest speakers, um, Onye, who is a priestess, um, of Oshun. And she had said, you are never not using your power. And I think that is a theme that has kind of been, um, pervasive so far in, in this episode, Um, but going back to, again, like you're never not using your power. So like what it is that you do is all in relationship to how you've used your power. And I think that's a very different way and a very freeing way to, to look at and, and perceive power, right? When we're in a world in which we're taught that like some people have power and other people do not. And even in a lot of ways within our movement spaces and within the way that we talk to each other about um, politics, work dynamics, friendship dynamics, relationship dynamics, it's usually in relation to someone has power and someone does not. And of course, we are intentionally taught um, things that way, right? When in all honesty, what we know to be true is that everyone possesses uh, um, an immense amount of power and a lot of the the time and energy um, of the systems and structures that we exist in is bent around redirecting people's personal power towards things that are not in service of their freedom liberation right so being able to kind of get back to you know when you're relating to people what is within your power to do. So in relation to where it is that you believe that you hold a sense of authority and personal power in relation to, again, like maybe what systems and structures, parents, family have kind of told you about what power is, who holds it and what possesses it, uh, who possess, who possesses it, right? Being able to look back um, and, or not necessarily look back, but within the whatever is kind of coming up for you in how you're trying to relate to people. Again, this could be in some sort of art project that you're creating um, or in some sort of one-on-one relationship with whether it be a boss, a coworker, a whoever, right? Apply it where it needs to be applied. Facing the tension of like having to access your personal power right? And finding where you can bring your sense of personal power into that's into said relationship. But then I think on the other end of that spectrum with Sun Square Pluto is that there can be an air of self-obsession um, and self-importance that you 
um, apply to yourself, right? So I think this can kind of go in two different ways, right? Where it's like you have been someone who has been um, deeply separated from your personal sense of power, right? And coming into a, a sense of power that you do feel. And because of that, stepping over um, or uh, pushing kind of like boundaries of what um, is fair um, when relating to other people, right? So what is an example of this? Let's say you are, (laughs) I'll give a really good example, right? You're talking to um, a parent, right? After kind of coming into um, a moment in which you've been kind of like, again, healing your personal relationship to power and putting aside a lot of the the myths um, and distortions that you have around how you're meant to relate to people and uh, systems based on, I don't know, let's say like your gender, right? And so you're in a conversation with them in which you um, hear them say something that aligns with this old way of um, associating with uh, power, right? So like these old paradigms that you've outgrown around what personal power is and you kind of, I don't know, yell at them or kind of try to like shoot down what they're saying um, by like spewing lots of facts and maybe even being really um, condescending with the way that you're kind of talking to them um, to prove that you are right and that you have this understanding of what it looks like to receive justice, right? So in a sense, right, it's that you have the facts, you do understand going back to the Libra piece where it's like you have the understanding of like the relationship dynamics that exist, right? So like we're talking about one-on-one relationships. There are lots of kind of perceived um, or created societal um, power dynamics within different relationships. And so when we are moving out of that way of being, it can be very easy um, to get very defensive or maybe even be triggered or upset by the presence of those dynamics, right? So it's then being able to realize like, where is it that diplomacy and understanding can be brought into the way that you're communicating things to people without being condescending um, or rude? Um, It is truly about like learning, how do we talk to each other? How do we use our relationships as like an opportunity to, to practice what it is that we hope that we all are meant to and going to embody uh, one day. On the 16th, again, is our new moon. The moon is going to form six aspects throughout the day. So it is going to be a bit of a stressful day. Then on the 18th, uh, this will be also another fun day in which the sun is going to be square Saturn. All of these squares, all of these squares. So with the Saturn sun square, it is kind of about um, facing our fears, um, kind of coming into the awareness of like what we're afraid of, um, what we feel like is controlling us. And that also kind of goes back to what I was just saying about Saturn um, square Pluto. 
And even some of the limitations that we perceive, maybe even maybe around kind of like linear time um, and what is possible, what hard work can be done, um, feeling the pressure of like the discipline that it requires to um, evolve the way that you relate to other people. But ultimately, I think what kind of comes with it is this awareness of yourself as an authority, right? All of the tension that you feel around relating to other people is centered around the fact that you're supposed to be bringing to attention, to into perspective, is your awareness of the amount of autonomy and sovereignty you have around the way that you're able to navigate, shape, and mold um, relationships, right? Again, all of these words that are kind of like related to like hands and, and again, the idea of like a craft. On that same day, we have Venus opposite Neptune. We have to think about the fact that this is a Venus ruled season that we're in. Venus is sitting in, uh, in fall in the sign of Virgo. And I sent a newsletter out about Venus and Virgo a couple weeks ago, or maybe sometime last week. Um, it is another one of those um, aspects in which like we may idealize um we may kind of like idealize uh, our relationships and the way that we're relating to things. And it can be that, you know, the way that we perceive something unfolding um, is very different than how uh, it actually is. But it also is this really great call into being, um, well, let me continue to talk about it in the, in the negative way. <laughs> It is this energy of like indulgence, right? So I think a part of that is really um, maybe even being a little bit naive about the way that we're relating to other people, especially because there is this tendency when sun is in Libra to be a bit people pleasy. Um, and Venus in Virgo is one of those energies in which we can just kind of give, 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 give. And we have to be willing to think about what it is that we need to receive. Um, and so we may kind of indulge a lot of other people's bullshit, quite honestly, um, and make a lot of room for other people without considering what it is that we need. And we may be a little bit spent by getting kind of caught up in the illusion or delusions around like, I have to kind of be in service and I have to show up, right? Especially if we're in this energy where we're trying to prove that like, we can conquer our fears. I can find myself to be an authority. I'm in charge of my life. I am a sovereign being. All of these, you know, kind of like phrases and things, right? Is is kind of wanting to to prove that to ourselves. So it is a day, I think, to be very conscious and aware um, of boundaries and bring back into perspective, again, where you start and where other people end. Well, yes. And also where other people start and where you end, right? On the 19th, we have Mars square Jupiter, um, as well as Venus trine Jupiter. Mars and Venus are going to form a nice little, what we call kinkunx on that day as well. So Mars square Jupiter um, is this energy of having these um, big movements um, and, and inspiring growth. So this is one of those days where I think it you will kind of feel um, the growing pains of releasing um, a lot of 
uh, anger and, and baggage related to um, how you feel about yourself, quite honestly, um, and how you feel about your identity. And again, going back to like some, what are some of the ways that we've had to adopt some of the things that we've had to adopt um, within our personalities and within our identities that allow us to survive. So like coming up um, against some of the <sighs> Jupiter is about what we explore. So what it is that we've, again, Jupiter is direct. So like, what is it that we've come to understand and see um, about what kind of sits um, deep within us uh, because of systems, right? What are some of the things that we've explored um, and ways that we've expanded our understanding of how we relate to the wider world and what it is that we're looking to build? How have our fears been the product of um, structural realities, um, expectations of our family, um, and not wanting to let them down? And how has that uh, impacted what we what it is that we do to survive and even some of the goals that we've set for ourselves. So this is also a time in which we are reevaluating our vision and really being able to ensure that the vision that we hold for the future is one that does belong to us and isn't um, centered around um, whether it be uh, things that have been implanted into us as like, this is what you need to show that you're successful or these are the things that like grandma wanted for you or, or whatever it may be, right? Is being able to kind of go back and evaluate some of those things. Mars and the Kinkunks to Venus, Mars being again in Aries and Venus being in Virgo. Um, it's going to be, I, that is another kind of sexual frustration day where it's like there, there is this really strong disconnect between like, well, I think, no. So Mars is retrograde. So it's bringing into awareness where there is the disconnect between your passion and your drive um, and what you believe that you're worth in terms of your relationships. So it's like being able to assess, I am dedicating my time and energy to X, Y, Z. I am strongly identifying with X, Y, Z. How is it that the ways that I'm structuring and, and building, um, or the relationships that I sink out of seek or out of alignment and, and out of sync, um, with that vision and what kind of needs to be shifted and, and changed to bring that, um, back into, uh, back into alignment and into a space that makes sense, right? Like, what is it that I'm not seeing about what types of relationships that I'm creating? What is it that I'm not seeing about who I'm showing up as in relationships to other people? And so there is, because we have both Aries and Virgo, there is this keeping up of appearances that I see with Venus and Virgo, where it's like, I just want to to make it seem like I can endlessly give <laughs> and that I can be um, in service to love in this particular way that is seemingly practical, but it is in a sense unrealistic because it's not just about giving, it's also about receiving. So it's being able to kind of assess for yourself, like where is your 
pot empty? And where in some spaces have you kind of ran forward without taking an assessment of what it is that you actually have to offer? And what is it that you need to receive in return? With Venus trying Jupiter a little bit later, um, it allows us the opportunity to, well, it's an indulgence aspect. So I definitely think it's a day in which like you may feel the call to like spend <laughs> a lot of money on things or it's a day in which you're like, I'm going to treat myself. Um, but it's also a really great day, I think, to affirm your, your self-worth through some of those things, right? So like, what are ways that you can treat yourself? And what are some of the ways that knowing that you're you're working to grow your own sense of like authority and discipline, what are some of the things and practices that you can bring in and adopt um, to move you um, in that direction? On that same day, we also have Mercury opposite Uranus. So on the 7th, um, I had a nice little Instagram rant because I saw people saying very disgusting and mean things to each other, and it made me very upset. Um, this was a day in which I told people to watch their mouths because it is a day in which we can utilize our words to really cut deep, right? Mercury in uh, in Scorpio is a is one, is an energy in which we either are telling on ourselves or we're attempting not to, right? But because Uranus is there, it adds this um, air of sporadicness um, and um, chaos that can really make us, I guess in a sense, it's a bit of like a word vomit um, aspect where you can say all of the things, right? Even things that are really hurtful um, and difficult, uh, to reconcile in some sort of way. So for some people, I think this is the day when that, whatever that was, um, will kind of come back to bite you. So it is kind of the awareness of like the power of words. Um, and it is a bit of like an, an, an anarchist kind of vibe to the way that we speak. And it is a, an aspect that it's best in which we can be very, um, forward thinking, um, and radical in the the things that we suggest, right, of of the world and of each other. And it's really diving deep in terms of like, what is it that we need um, to build? Um, what is it that we need? Where is it that we need to find security and stability um, to be able to hold space for some of the um, darkest um, and more scary parts um, the unseen and the hidden parts of the psyche. So it is a day to be, um, there may be kind of like a lot of like anxiety, um, or nervous tension or, or jitteriness that you may kind of feel, um, because these are the two planets that really are centered around the mind. So it is also a good day for like coming into just sudden ideas, um, and sudden breakthroughs on things. Um, or revisiting some of the, the breakthroughs and ideas that you might have had around the seventh and really being able to kind of um, comb through those ideas um, to see what what else is there, um, especially to be able to examine what was going on um, in in your mind um, or what you've kind of seen in, in messages 
um, in media, in, in communication that has um, caused this, these realizations to, to arise. So that also is a day in which we can kind of look out and watch for some sort of chaos potentially related to um, our mailing system. Um, I don't want to say this, but I'll say it. Um, it, It's Uranus is is explosive. So explosive words, um, explosive communication, um, uh, words that shake things up, right? um, communication, um, that shakes things up. And again, because Mars is involved, please be careful when you are driving. Um, on the 20th or the 21st, I, on all honesty, I cannot remember which one, um, the, we are going to have a grand, I'm sorry, a T-square, a mutable T-square between, um, Venus in uh, Virgo, as well as the nodes in the North Node in Gemini and the South Node in Sag. So there will be a a much needed perspective shift that will arise. Um, And I talked a little bit about this in the newsletter where it's like this romanticizing um, of this idea of like centering things around love. Um, And it can become a place in which we are bypassing um, the actual difficulties that it takes to um, not only show love, but to receive love, I think is a bigger thing, to perform perfectionism, to make ourselves smaller, to make it seem like we don't ask too much um, or that we're not asking of too much. Um, And so it's being able to figure out for ourselves, like how do we hold space for learning, for information sharing and curiosity without being draconian about our vision of liberation, right? So like going back to what I was saying earlier about like, oh, like we have this vision in which there are no prisons, in which there are no police, right? But like we still exist and operate through paradigms in which we police ourselves and we police each other, right? So going back to the idea of like bypassing to perform perfectionism, there may be a space or an instance where you don't want to embody that, right? Where it's very difficult for you to hold space for someone in a way in which you embody love in the radical sense in which you embody radical love in the way that it exists as love and justice. And that's absolutely fine. And so like being able to hold for yourself that like, yes, This vision is important. Yes, we're moving towards this future. But in the present, it's really hard. Again, going back to like your training wheels. What are your training wheels? How are you holding yourself up as you're learning to like ride this bike that is this future where everyone is free? Okay. And giving yourself a break and giving other people a break when they're doing that too, right? So it's also about like, we have this idea of like, well, it has to go this way and we have to do this and we have to do this and we have to do this. And it's like, not necessarily. It does not have to be a linear process, right? Remember, we can bring in that opposite sign of Pisces, right? And say like, what is the non-linearity piece that exists here? And what can we bring in with Pisces? We can bring in 
compassion, right? Um, if you are someone who likes flower essences, I would say that this is a good time to work with chicory. Um, and the, the box chicory is unconditional love. So like, yeah, like that's how we have compassion for ourselves and other people. On the 21st, we have Venus in a nice little trine to Pluto. So there is this awareness of like the power of love, but like thinking about the power of love in relation to how unsustainable the current modes of operating in our world are. So like, again, with a direct Pluto, how are we evolving and transforming out of these um, skewed and distorted ways of perceiving power? Again, when power is perceived as like these people have it and these people do not, what does that look like in relationships? How can that turn relationships into places in where we seek control um, over how the other person is acting, right? Or how, um, because we can't allow them to exist um, in a way that allows them to use our personal power and to make our own personal decisions about whether our needs are or are not being met within said relationship. So it is this next couple of weeks, not couple of weeks, this next couple of um this like week and a half is a little is very like challenging astrologically i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna hold you like it just is um so holding the space that you need for for yourself with that again biggest reminders are like you know realizing that this is a moment in which you're co-creating your healing transformation transmutation process you are in control of like how you're stretching opening, um, molding this process, give yourself the assistance that you need. What are the training wheels that you need, right? Um, when I get back, we're going to talk about Mercury retrograde and we're going to talk about the new moon. Okay. This is cute. So for Mercury Retrograde, we're going to, of course, read our Sabian symbols um, to reiterate, <laughs> reiterate. Actually, I never mentioned it, so there is no reiterating. So Mercury is going to be retrograde. Actually, yeah, I have said this. Okay. Anyway, you don't need. Okay. So <laughs> today, the 13th at 8.58 p.m. Oh, that's in like three minutes. Yay. Um... Mercury is going retrograde at 11 degrees and 40 minutes of Scorpio, and it will be going direct 1244 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Election Day, November 3rd. If you haven't already, please send in your mail-in ballot, please. We have already seen that in Virginia, at least, the voter registration site has crashed on the last day of voter registration in the state. If that isn't an indicator of what the next month is about to look like, I don't know what is. All right. It will be going direct in Libra at 25 degrees and 54 minutes. So to read the 
degree in which it is going retrograde. I love the Scorpio degrees so much. They're just so good. So one, this is phase two, two, two. So this all is completely all about relationships and relating to other people. Scorpio 12 degrees, an official embassy ball. Keynote, group consciousness as it flowers at the highest level in cultural interchanges between representatives of the elite of the ruling class. I've read this before. Um, a present At present, the largest unit of social organization is the nation. The symbol pictures the ruling class of such national holes displaying at least the superficial forms of a concern for establishing permanent relationships in peaceful cooperation. What is evoked is the value of meeting other people at the highest possible level of cultural interplay, i.e. in full dress, rather than with an everyday type of consciousness and behavior. In contrast, to the natural spontaneity of the rescue operation shown in the preceding symbol, we have here the image of ritualized display of power, prestige, and wealth. Relationship has been made hierarchical and is institutionalized. Phase 222 tells us that this too is an essential feature in the development of rhythmic give and take in order to achieve global peace. So there is this air of like, with Scorpios, it's not about completely showing your hand. So in the previous symbol, it talks about humanitarianism in relation to, um, again, a, a rescue mission, right? Which when we kind of think about that in relation to like, maybe like a natural disaster, there is this rawness um, of survival and of taboo that we see um, when experiencing things like that. And when we see things like that, um, we can go back to think of any natural disaster that has really kind of shaken our world um, and our nation um, to, to its core and what it kind of displays about human behavior and the things that um, arise out of people in moments in which uh, their ability to survive is challenged and at the onset of trauma. But also on the other end of that spectrum, right, when we see um, that's what's deep within and we kind of think about the way that like Scorpios really can like hold it together. I don't know if you know, like most of the Scorpios that I know be having they shit all the way together. And if they don't, it is all the way apart. No in between. Um, and so it is this, you know, high paying job has the, you know, like how people like, have you seen the Benny drama, like Benny drama is a Scorpio, the Benny drama, like Scorpio thing where he's like, he, 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 I'm so artsy. I just said it, ha, ha, choke me. Right. It's like this secret, um, underbelly that's kind of like hidden, right. That we don't know that, uh, is masked in a sense. And so it is in a sense being able to assess what is the mask that we are putting on around our thoughts, around uh, what we say to each other um, and how we treat one another. What is it that, what hand are we willing to show? Um, and what does that tell us about what lies beneath the psyche, right? It's always what people are saying, but like 
Mercury and Scorpio is about what people are not saying. Ooh. So if, oh fuck. Okay. Sorry. I'm just like realizing how something is probably going to, um, show up for me for Scorpio rising, right? For not Scorpio rising for this Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. So like, it's like a moment in which like the secrets are exposed and we see what truly is going on underneath the surface in relation to like how you've been communicating to someone, how someone has been communicating to you, how you've been communicating with yourself, right? There is like the the part of yourself that has everything together and it's being able to to realize and see like what truly exists underneath all of that. By the time we make it to um this mercury i'm sorry by the time we make it to scorpio season and this um <laughs> hold on a second by the time we make it to scorpio season we're going to experience um in the shadow period of this mercury retrograde um the opposition between mars and venus in libra so I always love when Venus and Mars oppose each other because there's something that we see and discover about our relationships. And that'll be on the 9th, the 9th of November. Um, that is really kind of jarring um, and brings us into a space in which, again, they fall apart or they come together in a way that we never thought that they would before. And so when we're in this moment of like assessing what like uh, deeply lies inside of us and how we've been kind of like keeping up appearances in relation to like how we relate to other people and how we would like to be perceived, it is this, this opportunity in a sense to kind of get real um, and stop hiding our secrets from ourselves, right? when we're thinking about like this idea of like an embassy ball, like no one sees all of the poverty that exists in a country, all of the oppression that exists within a, in a country, um, the pain and suffering that people feel within their country. Um, this sole representative of that country is putting their best kind of foot forward in in a way to display power. And I think that kind of speaks to like this, this, inability to be seen as vulnerable um, because of this desire, deep desire to to conquer um, and to hold power um, in a way that cannot be questioned. And so like we have to examine how that dynamic exists within us. Again, on the 3rd, it's going to end uh, November 3rd at Libra 26 degrees, which is an eagle and a large white dove change into each other the interaction of the spiritual will and of the love principle when critical needs arise. I love this. Oh my God. The sequence of symbols concluding the Libra phase of the cycle deals with problems met by the seeker for the fulfillment of a higher life of relationship. Implied here is a kind of yang yin interplay when the circle encompassing both principles rotates fast, they appear to change into each other. Oh, whoa, that is 
if you like pictured that in your mind, it probably looked like really cool. Um, consciousness operates beyond duality, bam, because the polarized energies of the soul or spirit will and love through oh, ever distinct worked for a single purpose. This is the first stage of the 42nd fivefold set of symbolic phases. This represents a new, higher approach to the use of polarized forces within the personality, which has been ever so little transformed and operating within a new framework. The keyword adeptness fits this phase, but he, there are many levels of adeptship. Interesting. Let's look up what adeptness means. Skill per, skillful performance or ability without difficulty. The state of being con cognitively skillful. This goes again back to like that idea of craft. Again, this just demonstrates how perfect this, <laughs> this poem was. Again, I thank you so much for sharing it. Again, with craft being an activity involving skill in making things by hand. And like, what is the mental um, skill that one must have to navigate their own transformation and healing process, right? That's ultimately what transmutation allows us to do. It allows us to heal. To, to turn some of the deepest pains that we experience, again, thinking about keeping up appearances and hiding our secrets to ourselves, how do we evolve and, and shift ourselves? How are we adept to our possibility of transformation? So this is a cycle in which like in putting away the mask, and taking off the armor that we've kind of placed around our heart, um, around our mind, um, that has created this very, uh, in a sense, hypervigilant way of uh, trying to survive, um, being able to bring about um, a sense of healing and a new sense of like diplomacy and fairness that we can have with ourselves and how that is the perfect display of a intentional use of our willpower, but also a testament to how much we love ourselves and ultimately to how much we are willing to love other people. So it is very a very transformative um, cycle that we're experiencing with this Mercury retrograde. We'll see what that gives us in the wider world. <laughs> if you know what I mean, but we'll see it from what I see, whatever is going to happen is going to be, um, in service of healing and opening that wound to, to let out, um, as the poem says that God awful scream going back to the new moon, which is on the 16th. It is a bit of a stressful new moon. Um, and so some of the questions that I offer you. So according to Rudyard, 
The new moon is about projecting an ideal or your ego and plunging into new experiencing experiences and becoming a part of them. Um, and it kind of speaks to, you know, this awareness of the past is blotted out because the sun and the moon are both in the same place, right? So there is no consideration of like how to integrate the past into the action that you're seeking moving forward, right? So I do kind of encourage you to to think like what comes with newness and like what do we need to nurture newness, right? Going back to the idea of like the training wheels, like if we're learning to ride a bike um, or in this case, if we're relearning how to ride a bike, we're relearning how to talk to each other. We're relearning how to relate to each other, right? We have to think, you know, in creating a world uh, where we are all free, we have lived in the exact polar opposite and we're working towards this new way of, of being um, and existing. Well, not necessarily new, you know, it, it just within our recent history that has not been the case. Um, so like, what does that require of us if we're entering a new cycle of relating to people and relating in service of the future that we're bringing on? So again, what comes with newness? What do we need to nurture newness? Think about like, what are the, the baby steps we have to take to nurture and grow this seed, right? We think about to a certain extent our plants if you're a plant person like myself, can be pretty self-sustaining at a certain point in their growth and development. However, there is a point in, you know, like if it's a seedling where there is a much more attention um, and routine that you have to pour into it to allow it to get to a space in which it can be um, self uh, sustaining. So to look at our symbol, which is at 24 degrees Libra, a butterfly with a third wing on its left side, the ability to develop for inner strengthening new modes of response to basic life situations. The butterfly is the ancient and traditional symbol of the results of of the process of spiritual rebirth. If the butterfly has three wings instead of two, a special development of an aspect of the spiritual life is shown. Three is the symbol of fulfillment. Some power has been added to the normal spiritual life of the individual person. The left side usually refers to the instinctual field of consciousness, but it's also the heart's side. A new strength is shown perhaps as yet unrealized. So again, that also is about like going back to like, how do we uh, nourish and nurture newness? It's also having this awareness that there are hidden talents um, and things that make that newness special that may not necessarily be um, actualized. If we kind of think about like growing a fruit tree, 
you know, it will take a while for that fruit, uh, for that plant tree to bear fruit. But that is something that it is actualized and potentialized to do, right? So like, how do we develop that um, new way of uh, relating to the world that mirrors the world that we seek and are moving towards? A fourth stage symbol usually refers to some kind of technique or technical achievement. What is implied here is that the contact with the revivifying life force can result in the appearance of a new faculty, the use of which may not as yet be consciously evaluated. Indeed, it is the establishment of such a contact which constitutes a technique for original mutation. It's really funny. Um, I have a new manager and uh, she was talking to me about like, well, asking me like what, what is it that I need um, for her as, as she is working as my manager? And um, I was saying, you know, I, I really respect and appreciate like constructive criticism. I'm such a freaking Virgo moon. It's disgusting. Oh my God. Um, and she's like, yeah, she's like, but I also like to let people know like what they're doing really well and what they're really good at. And I feel like that's what's important to to give as well I'm like well thank you for naming that I'm like you know in all honesty it can be very difficult for me to like name my strengths and she was saying you know lots of times the things that uh, are our strengths and that we are really good at are things that seem really basic to us but make a world of difference for other people right so like going back to like this idea of like the original mutation it's like this is a part and a way that has existed in you that maybe you have yet to realize was there, right? I'll kind of talk about what is some of the difficulty in coming into that realization and understanding uh, because there are a lot of challenging aspects in this moon. So we have this multiple planet square with this Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn all in Capricorn, um, squaring the sun and the moon. And so there is this pressure that we feel um, in relation to like our responsibilities. Again, the constraints that we feel in relation to like linear time, like do I have enough time? Do I have the resources? Do I have the discipline and the maturity to step into and embody relationships in the way that I uh, want to. Um, again, going back to the idea of like self being self-obsessed and self-important. So we may have a little bit too much um, dip on our chip, you know, where we don't necessarily realize that there is like a growing learning curve to where we're going. And like, especially when we're coming into new ideas and new ways of relating that we don't that we may understand on, again, an intellectual level, but we have yet to like experientially understand, it can be really easy to become very self-righteous and shout from the mountaintops, right? That like, this is the way that we're supposed to be doing things, right? But it's like, do you even believe that? <laughs> and like, what is it that you do within yourself to foster that belief? 
How are you really going to align with this vision? What does that require you to discover about yourself? What are some of the original ways of relating some of the original mutations that exist within you that allow the space for you to connect in the way that you'd like to? Going back to what I was just saying, it is a bit of a passive aggressive energy um, in this attempt to find new ways to relate. So it is a bit of kind of like the growing pains of like the realization of like where our needs have not been met and how we've needed to interact, exist as an individual person in order to survive. Um, Kind of combating this new way of existing and the tension that you may feel internally or externally um, in trying to uh, actualize that. There also is... This overwhelming feeling that we may feel that we're not doing enough. And this is something that I have felt every single time that we've had like an aspect to all of this Capricorn shit in the sky is like, I'm not doing enough. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Do, am I even an authority on these things that I am claiming? And it's like, it's, it's both. It's, it's both and, right? It's like, I don't know everything that I need to know. Um, and I also am an authority, right? And I do have an ability to step into some sort of power that will allow me to um, actualize and see this version of myself into existence and see these types of relationships into existence. Again, going back to like, you're never not using your power. You're never not using your power. So like, because we're never not using our power, if we're in this space in which we realize these constraints that we feel between like the knowledge that we currently possess or the um, understanding that we currently possess or the relationship to power that we currently possess, what is it that you need to call in? What is it that you need to tangibly do, right? Because we're working with earth and air so it does kind of put things into the bigger picture of things what are some of the the long-term things that you're seeking but also mars is asking you on the other end because this is a bit of like a t-square because there are these long-term goals that we have all of this energy kind of catalyzing in this jupiter pluto saturn um uh stelium What are the short-term goals that we have to set for ourselves? Um, What are the things that we're currently uprooting and and taking away from ourselves, right? The goals should be in relation to like, not what more do you need to do to move forward, but what more do you need to do to remove things and obstacles from the past that make it difficult for you to actualize that, right? Going back to you know, since it's a T-square, what planet or what sign is missing, right? Cancer. So what is cancer calling us to do? It's calling us to tend to our life force, right? Tend to our ability to exist. What are we doing to nurture ourselves? What are we doing to nourish ourselves? So it may be as simple as going back to like, I just need a break and I need more water or I need more rest right now. I need to not talk to people right now. I need to uh, 
do a workshop or some sort of practice around relating to other people. I need to do some sort of ritual in relation to like the ways that I can be um, kind um, to myself and nurturing to myself, right? Think about what is the water that you need? What is the sunlight that you need um, to actualize this version of yourself? Um, oh yeah, there is no water. So we may be a little bit out of touch. Well, not no water. There's mercury in, um, Scorpio and Neptune in Pisces, but like Neptune has been there forever. Mercury, it counts, but it doesn't really count, right? Well, it does count. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying. So when there's not a lot of water, like we can kind of like tend to like the facts of things, but we can make it very easy to forget about like people's feelings matter. Like how do you connect to what you're feeling right now. And so like there may be a lot of, again, aggression, anger, frustration, kind of like back and forth vacillating that we feel. And so being able to kind of find those moments of stillness in which we're inviting ourselves um, to, um, to tend to what needs to be nurtured. Again, because there's so much earth and air in the sky, there is this very big picture centered. There is this very like, uh, to go back to our previous symbol, I think it was like the hawk or like this eagle uh, bird's eye view that we have of everything. It's remembering to tend to the nuance of things, right? So going back to like, what is it that I need to do and extract from my mind, from my psyche right now that I believe about myself, going back to what was happening um, on the... 13th, which is today, when the sun was opposite Mars, and really being able to kind of examine what are some of the things that that surfaced, that it's time to kind of let go of and release, um, to be able to make space for this new way of relating. That is all I have. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who participated in the giveaway it was hard to choose. Like they were so good. Um, everything that you all submitted was really beautiful. Um, and thank you for listening and thank you for enjoying my content and the things that I share with you all. Um, just a reminder, I am a contributing writer in Tarot Manifest, which is a tarot newspaper, um, that is printed by, um, why has my mind just completely went blank? Oh my gosh. taxonomy press i was like tax economy press like no taxonomy press which is by rachel hayes so awesome um but yeah you can check out the website um to pre-order a copy it's only eight bucks i wrote an article about the judgment tarot card and another great article about was it about um aspect patterns in your chart working through them um and working with plant medicine for them and i also have a really dope call to action around the breathe act 
I have put more information about the Breathe Act, which is national legislation centered around um, defunding the police um, and redistributing resources throughout the communities um, into and the spaces that make um, our people safe. Um, so definitely read more about that and definitely look into the ways that you can get involved and share this your interest and passion for this legislation with your local, not your local, with your representative please, please, please. Um, you know, uh, that is one of the things that, that I stand behind, um, and feel incredibly passionate about. So if you are living in the U S, um, and you would like to see a police fee future, um, and you would like to see safer communities, um, for black people, um, and all people, um, deeply consider the breathe act, which I have listed in the description box, in addition to some other really cute, funny things, including Adrian Rebreeze Brown's um, response to Donald Trump having COVID, which I think goes back to what I was saying about Boris Johnson and my maniacal cackle, um, as well as uh, Bad Feminist uh, by Roxane Gay is a great book to revisit right now because it deeply covers like what we were just talking about around like being really bad <laughs> in practice, and I put quotation marks around that, about the ways that we we hope to relate to the world one day and how that doesn't um, discount or discredit the work um, or the vision that we hold, all right? I will talk to you all in Scorpio season. Thank you so much for listening, and yeah. <laughs>